Gnosticism, by the way, came about in the late, late, late first century. So we're talking right at this time, in the 90s. You know, Gnosticism is beginning to emerge. If you're the devil and you want to corrupt the gospel message, you know, the question is, what would you do? What would you do? How would you corrupt the gospel message? Well, if you see the gospel uh, message going out through books, like the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke and, and John, and you see those circulating, it seems to me that the devil uh, would want to do something similar, right? That he would want to make sure that maybe some writings got out there to confuse things. The devil really doesn't have any creative or original ideas. He just re reinvents the same old lie over and over and over that he has nothing new. All he knows to do is the, the same lies he's always done and corrupt what God has created. But keep in mind, if John is the last apostle and Gnosticism is on the rise, the Gnostics did not have any support from the apostles, right? They're dead. They've died. James was the earliest, the, John's brother, James was the first to die, and this would just have been a few years after the crucifix of Christ. And then through the years, all the others passed away. So when we consider that John is the last one, and he is vehemently ob objecting to this teaching of Gnosticism uh, over and over and over, uh, they had zero support from the apostles. So what did they do? Well, as Gnosticism gained popularity... It did so in the second and third centuries. Um, it was really just more, in the first century, it was more um, infiltrating the churches and teaching false things. But then they started writing some books. And because they didn't have apostolic authority, what do you think they would do? Let's attach an apostle's name to our writings. Let's attach an apostle's name to it, and that will give it authority. So perhaps you have heard of these. Uh, sometimes they are referred to as the Gnostic Gospels. They've written their own books. They wrote their own books. And they are complete contrary to the very thing that John is saying over and over and over. In fact, uh, there are dozens of texts that were written by the Gnostics to emphasize this secret and special knowledge and to reject the incarnation of Christ. So... What were the names of some of them? Let me throw out some. One is the Acts of Thomas. The Acts of Thomas. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? Because as Christians, we would go, wow, I'd love to know about Thomas. I'd love to know, is there something else about Thomas and read about Thomas? Here's the problem. This is written in the second century, but Thomas died in 72 AD. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? How, how do we know the Acts of Thomas? How did he write this? A hundred years after he's already died. Uh, well, there's a problem. It's, it's, it's not authentic from the apostles. How about this one? They actually have one called the Acts of John. Now, listen, if you've been reading John, and you've read the Gospels, and you've read Revelation, can you hear some of the same themes over and over in John's writing? Hopefully you can see this incredible theme. So if you came across a book that was called the Acts of John, and then all of a sudden he says... You don't need Christ. You just need this special knowledge of inward, elevated thinking, enlightened thinking. The Christian should look at that and go, 
clearly this is not the John, the, the same message, the same message. What are they doing? They're trying to get apostolic authority by attaching the apostles' names to these pseudo-gospels, these fake gospels. They have one called the Gnosis of the Invisible God. They have one called the Secret Gospel of Mark. In fact, what they did with this one is they took the Gospel of Mark and then they went in and wrote in some additional information as if all these things happened. The problem is Mark died in 68 A.D. How could he have written a revised version a hundred years later? He didn't. So in 1945, there was a large collection of Gnostic gospel uh, or Gnostic writings that were discovered. But let me tell you about one, one that's very interesting. Uh, there's the, the Gospel of Thomas. There's the Gospel of Philip. Thomas, by the way, died in 72 AD. Philip died in 80 AD. Keep in mind, Gnosticism was... By the time the apostles had died, Gnosticism wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't until the very end of the first century where John is addressing it in his Gospels. But there's this one, the secret book of James. In fact, if you look on the screen, I thought... Do a simple Google search, right? Here's what it says. Uh, I typed in, when was the secret book of James written? Very first thing, very first thing you see. Written early in the second century as Roman soldiers were closing in, the secret book of James elaborates on contrasting themes. Spiritual drunkenness and sobriety, lacking and filling, death and life, ignorance and understanding. And I'm reading through that and I'm going, James... Now, this is not the guy who wrote the book of James. This is the apostle James that they're referring to. Uh, James, who wrote the epistle, is the half-brother of Jesus. This is John's brother. J James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They're brothers. And here they are attributing a early second century writing to James. James was the first apostle to die. It's written in the book of Acts. He, was, he died in, in the 40s. In the, I mean, in the first century, in the, in the first half of the first century. And here we have these pseudo uh, writings that, that come along and they're trying to do what? Corrupt the gospel. And, you know, we see it over and over and over. In fact, if you were to read through this secret book of James... It suggests that uh, Jesus, 550 days after the resurrection, came and met with James and met with Peter. And Peter didn't really understand the depths of, of the message that Jesus had for them. Only James did. And James understood this secret knowledge. And Peter rejected it, and just like he did denying Christ. And it's saying, forget what Peter has done. You need to listen to what James has done and listen to our secret book of James. So again, what are we seeing over and over and over? We're seeing this attempt to do what? Corrupt. Corrupt the gospel. Corrupt it. You know, so if you come across this book called The Secret Gospel of Mark, what are they doing? They're trying to use Mark's name for credibility and authority. And people might say, why haven't I seen this book before? Well, their answer would be obvious, right? Because it's secret. <laughs> It's a special secret. We don't want everybody to know about it. You know, so, one more thing. If you think that Gnosticism has disappeared, if you think that it doesn't exist today, consider this. 
The Gnostic mantra has always been that through enlightened thinking, you can find salvation within yourself. That's completely contrary to the gospel. But Gnosticism has actually surged in, uh, in recent years. Let me, let me put it in some context for you. You remember the movie The Da Vinci Code? Did you know the basis of that was on the Gnostic writings? Uh, that, that's what their basis, that's what their foundation was. Uh, the whole foundation of the books uh, the, of the Da Vinci Code and the movie was built around the writings of Gnosticism. That was part of the whole uproar of, what, you know, this, this corruption of the gospel. In fact, I see it on social media platforms. Uh, here's, here's some of the captions. It's almost clickbait, right? You see these captions. Here's what it says. It's like, these are the secret books that tell the truth about Jesus. What? Clickbait, right? What are they doing? They've got that secret, special knowledge. That's what Gnosticism is. These are the, how about this, this caption? These are the books that your pastor doesn't want you to know about. You know, I've seen that one. I'm like, yeah, what? How about this one? Uh, these are the lost books of the Bible. You know, why do they create that? To, listen, the devil is the author of confusion. He wants to corrupt and that's exactly what he does. So you see a caption like that? What these? I, I saw one. It was like books that your your pastor will never preach from. And I'm like, well, good. I hope I hope not. But I hope your pastor will be honest enough to tell you why they're dangerous. What the, what is it? What, how did they come about? Why is this so important? So all of that is so important. All of that is the background, right? Because otherwise you read through the book of 2 John and you don't have any historical background, you're going to miss what he's saying. If you don't understand the depths of the urgency of what he is battling against, we miss what John is saying. 